0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 47 of the Rust Belt Rundown, a production by Workforce LLC. I'm your host, Paul O'Connor, and on this episode, we are joined by Brian Cruz, founder of Sergeant Clean Car Wash. Brian, the number one question that everyone is waiting to hear is, what does the inside and outside of your car look like?
1: Uh, It's got to be clean, Paul. It's (laughs) got to be clean. It's a good, clean car. I got a I got a black car, so it's the hardest to keep clean and maintain. So I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. But uh, I often give the analogy, it's like a dentist walking around having bad teeth. It doesn't really... You can't work. have it. <laughs> yeah, you can't have it. It doesn't work well.
0: And so are we talking... Are we talking every three days once a week you're getting it cleaned How often are we getting it cleaned?
1: probably two to three times a week
0: Wow I, <laughs> I mean that makes sense like I don't think I would do anything differently but I was very excited to ask that question Let's jump into the the business side of it We have a ton of different people on this on this podcast all in the business world small business medium size manufacturing recruiting whatever it is what was the motivation to jump into this type of of small business and did you have any knowledge or experience within the car wash business before you started it?
1: Yeah, I mean, none really at all. In my prior life, I was in the beverage store industry, and I believe in knowledge is power. So long story short, we went to, we were at a beverage store convention called uh, NACS, National Association of Convenience Stores. And I bumped into this guy who had C-stores, and he had car washes. And at the time, this was in 2012, I had no idea what really a definition of a car wash was. I wasn't a car washer. You'd never find me at a car wash. I was like, you know what, uh, When God's going to tell me when I need my car clean because it'll rain. Other than that, I'm good. So long story short, he was just kind of educating me about the process and what car washing looked like. And then he offered, he was in the Mid-Atlantic, and he said, hey, why don't you attend a car wash show? They've got one in the Mid-Atlantic in a couple of months. So I went there, fell in love with the industry. Uh, It really reminded me a lot of the Marine Corps. People from all walks of life coming around for a common purpose. And being that we're in Ohio, they were really able to, I was able to elicit really good information about the industry, Met a gentleman who was born and raised from Strongsville, and he said, I got just the location. I got just the opportunity for you if you guys are really serious about car washing. Long story short, several months later we we took over the opportunity in March of 2013. And, you know, going on 10 years, here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's funny how norm it's it's usually an introduction, right? That kind of like segues your your career into something. How did being a Marine prepare you for business, regardless of what business you decided? But how did that preparation prepare you for what you got into? Well, obviously, I'm partial
1: on the answer here because I'm a Marine. You know, uh, I've got uncles that were in the Navy and one of my grandfathers was in the Air Force. So obviously, I think the Marines is the best, the hardest, the toughest. Is
0: there trash talk over Christmas or holidays or Thanksgiving? Like,
1: Yeah, I think there is. It's less now. But I think when I was, you know, 18, when I just graduated boot camp and I came back for those, you know, rare occasions or around holidays, they would make fun of me all the time. They, they would, would be, make fun of you? They would make fun of me because they teamed up on me, you know, uh, <laughs> so it was good. But when, when I was at a decision point, I had a really good friend and his grandfather was in the a Marine, was in the Korean War, Chosan, I mean, like a hardcore Marine. And I remember it like yesterday. He has since passed, but he said, Brian, you could be 80 years old. And go to and go to college and get a college degree. You can't be 80 and be a Marine. You can't. Good point. That kind of led me to the Marine Corps. But then why I chose was one, the Marines, the hardest, the toughest, in my opinion. I know there's other branches of the service. And it was, I'm gonna make the the decision on what the toughest, the hardest is, and happened to be the Marine Corps. And and my time in the Marines have just been monumental. I was a bomb builder in the Marines, and then I transitioned for the last three years as a recruiter, and it was. The toughest the hardest job and the, the marine corps really helped me in the business sense now to develop tact to develop candor enthusiasm courage to face the business world to face entrepreneurship and to keep going. And I just think of all those things that the Marine Corps put me through to prepare me to be a good Marine, to obviously be prepared for war. Not that we're going to war, but sometimes business becomes a war. You know, it becomes a war zone. And, and, and I, I'm really thankful that I had that good foundation, not only from my family values, but the 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 core values I learned in the Marines.
0: Let's talk about the start. You mentioned, you know, 2013, you opened your first one. You've had tremendous growth since then. You have 12 locations in the last 10 or so years. You have five more. Uh, that are coming online soon. What do you attribute that type of growth to, especially in your first venture in this industry?
1: Without a doubt, I'm one representative of the other 150, you know, uh, team members that you can't see on this screen. And I think it's a team. You know, early on in the process, our goal and our vision became change the face of car washing, and I think we've achieved that. Now it's kind of grown from there and really what it is is just it allows us to accelerate our growth and specific to what makes us and what separates us from being, you know, a good company versus a bad is our team. You know, our team is just so focused on our mission, they believe in our our brand, they believe in the mission, our vision, and where we're headed. And without them we would not I would not be where I'm at today, and, and vice versa. When I started, I was the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, and now we've got a, a fantastic director of operations. We've got a director of marketing. My business partners are CEO. We have a CFO, a controller, and we put all those people in place. And I'd stayed out of their way and let them do what they do best, and just really find a good talent and put those people in the room and saying, you know, go forth and do great things.
0: Let's stick on that mission. What? was the face of, you mentioned you want to change the face of car washing. What was the face in 2013 in your opinion, from your perspective? It was, and no offense
1: to the to the owner that we took over in Strongsville, but car washing in the past was the business owner was either not at all on site or not really actively involved in the site. Distressed locations, the money would go into the owner's pocket versus investing back into the car wash or investing into the community. The team members would just be $8 an hour, pay them as cheaply as possible. You get a an hour guy or gal to run and manage them. And that's what it was. It was just a distressed property lackluster quality, lackluster leadership, lackluster team members. I mean, some of the locations that we acquired, people would be smoking right in front of you and, and they're taking your order. Lack of automation, lack of good car wash equipment, and I can go on and on. And that was what that was. Is we, we had a mission. We were going to change the face of car washing by putting good men and women on career paths, paying them well. I mean, we have medical, dental and vision coverage. We pay about 70%, 75% for the team members. We got a 401k with a match and we provide through our growth and through our vision and mission, accomplishing that, be able to go to 12 to 17 to 25 locations and provide career opportunities for our team members, putting them in uniform and training them properly,
0: so on and so forth. So let's let's stick on that. You hit on it. These roles, you know, eight dollars an hour, nine dollars an hour, most most of the time minimum wage. Not to mention, it's not like you have locations in Miami. You know, it gets cold in Cleveland, right? So this is not an easy uh, or or sometimes fun job. And somehow you've created you know a culture around car wash dealership, right? Like, how did you do this? I mean, that that's not an easy thing. First of all, it's not easy to create culture in a job where you sit at a desk. Which a very cushy job, right? That's not easy. So, how did you do that in a car? Like, what were the first things in 2013 where you just completely shifted, whether it's responsibilities or roles or expectations? I mean, you mentioned the medical, dental. Like, I had no idea that was even part of it. How did you do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of time is, and I learned this from the Marines. Uh, I was a recruiter for the Marine Corps, and all these men and women were always told lies or they would stretch the truth. And I was very candid, but I was very honest and truthful. So integrity is important. So when we get that man or woman who comes in for the interview, we would just tell it like it is. And we, we'd be very candid with them. And we talk them out of working for our company. And that way, if they showed up and we would say, Paul, hey, you're going to be working out in 180 degrees in the shade. You're going to work in 10 degrees below zero. You know, you're going to be outside. Can you smile all day? Can you look at somebody in their eyes? Can you talk to them? Can you say, please, thank you? Can you be humble? And if not, walk out of the office. Thank me for my time. I'll thank you for yours and never call me again. If you're going to come back and be part of this organization, you got to believe in our vision, believe in our mission, believe on smiling. You know, our motto is speed, smile and sparkle. If we want to take care of the customer in the most efficient way, we want to smile and wave while doing it and give them a good finished product and be part of that growth and be part of that exploration and expansion here in Northeast Ohio, then come on board. We'd love to have you. And if you come on board and you're excited in a year down the road or 18 months or six months, this isn't your thing and you're not comfortable and yeah, I can't smile or, you know, this
0: isn't what I thought it was, then tell us immediately and we'll get you on your way. That's so interesting too. Did you have career paths planned out or maybe career journeys planned out for the people that were on the front line? Like, was that part of the strategy where, hey, if you do this for, if you do a really good job, like this is where you will get promoted to. Here's what two, three steps down the line looks like. When
1: we had our first couple locations, not really. Because, you know, where do you go, right? You've got a team member and then maybe you're a, a supervisor at the time we call them like kind of a key holder, right? You can open up and you can close kind of on your own. We did have a small succession planning and a small kind of like, you know, org chart. But really, once we got to our third location, we said, okay, here's a career opportunity that we'll eventually develop like an area or regional manager. You know, maybe when we get to locations four or 5 they there'll be the director of operations or a marketing director. But early on, it was just a lot of, hey, you're going to work really hard. And we're going to have fun and we're going to have fun doing it. And if the opportunity presents itself, then great. And what we did is have a lot of those candid conversations, Paul, because a lot of people get people who work for them. And one, I've ruined an individual and they left our organization. And two, I've saved somebody where I thought Paul's been here the longest. He deserves to be a manager. Well, Paul's not going to tell the owner, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm scared. I'm nervous. Or, you know, I don't want to be a leader. I just want to be a doer, right? I want to be a worker bee and earn good money. And there is someone that I salvaged and someone that I kind of forced into leadership and broke them, burn them. And I, I have a good relationship with this individual. They've gone to another organization. So it works out well. Everything's fine. But a lot of time we need to be candid with somebody who says, I want to be a leader. I want to grow. I want to be a manager. And we know, hey, you need to do this for a year. You need to you know, go out and take these classes or do these courses or we're candid to saying, hey, you know what, you're going to be a good supervisor, maybe an assistant manager three years down the road. But I don't think you're a general manager anytime soon and have them provide feedback. And if they want to leave, then so be it. But if not, I think it's giving them good candid feedback instead of leading them on. And then they look back and go like a lot of people in a lot of different organizations. Man, I wasted two years there. I thought I was going to be partner at this law firm or I thought I was going to fill in the blank and they never really get that opportunity to do that. And I think with just being candid with them and telling people, hey, I don't think you're management material, but I think you could be a very good team member here and provide a good service, provide a good er earning and living. uh, That's helped and it's helped with our retention.
0: Yeah, I love the idea of radical candor. Um, or just being candid in the beginning, and and I love that quote. Like, conv- we're going to convince you not to work here, and if you do show up, <laughs> then you're going to be pretty good. And
1: Paul, if they go south, we
0: just go. No, we told you this, right? Yes, there's nothing to complain about now, right? Like we told you what it was going to be. <laughs> yeah. So talk to us about this subscription model, and that that the first time I learned of it was going through your car wash uh, with Taylor, and he pulled something out because we pulled in and maybe he has a card or, or or something on his key fob. I can't remember what it was, but he pulled it out and just placed it and and the thing opened. And I was like, what the hell was that? What? Why do you have that? And he, I'm like, what do you like know somebody here? And he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm a member. And I was like you're a member at a car wash. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I get this thing cleaned like once every three, four days. And I was like, that's it's so on brand. Right. I, for a tailor, I was like, yep, that makes sense. And his car is always like prestigious. But Back to the strategy of that. Was that something you had planned in 2013? Did it come up organically? And does your competition do that? Or was that a new initiative?
1: Yeah, so when we took over in 2013, unlimited programs were kind of early stages, of coming out. And what it is, is just a little RFID sticker that fits in the corner of your window. On Taylor's, his vehicle has like this bulletproof glass. So the sticker doesn't, the RFID doesn't penetrate through there to go to the reader, kind of like similar to a turnpike. So that's why he gets one, which is a rare. It's like less than half a percent of vehicles require that. But normally they're affixed on the outside of the window. The RFID can read, the gate goes up and there's automation there and away you go. And I like to look at the Subscription model for us back in 2014 was we basically jumped off a cliff and built the airplane or the parachute or whatever on the way down. Yep. Because it wasn't a thing. So, when I talk about car washing in the past, what it was was that the car washer themselves, their brains, and I don't mean any on, on the lack of intelligence, is but you couldn't process, okay, Paul's going to give me 20 bucks and he can come as much times as he wants and I'm only going to see another 20. 29 days down the road when you recharge your money. They couldn't cross the chasm, if you will, because they thought people would take advantage of it. And what it did for me was statistics and data. I often say when someone brings a problem to me is let's look at the data, let's look at the statistics. Those don't lie. And what we did is we dove down and found out other than maybe Taylor, who comes three or four times a week, God love the man, their people actually come two to four times, on average, three times a month. So they come once a week. And you've got some overachievers that are the Taylors of the world, right? They come three or four times a week. And then you got, you know, John Smith out there that comes once a month or maybe once every other month due to his work obligations or family obligations. And it, and it all works out to where it's an average of three. So the subscription model has really worked out for us. We were one of the early appliers here in Northeast Ohio. Now, fast forward in 2023, a lot of the car washers are doing it where they're kind of adapting, they're embracing technology and automation. So it's kind of a thing of, it's a normal thing now. But I often think in a lot of different businesses, when you provide a service, it's sometimes good for, it's lopsided, right? It's maybe really good for the owner and kind of good for the consumer. When we look at our standpoint, it's good for all three. It's good for the consumer, the team member who's out there actively selling and communicating this and working at the site and then ownership. So the consumer is obviously at the top of this pyramid. It's great for them. It's a fixed cost they can come as often as they want, they can use all 12 of our locations, cancel whenever they like, and they're taking care of their their second or their sometimes their first largest investment of their lives is their vehicle. It's the cheapest form of maintenance you could do. It works well for them on the subscription model. For our team members, yes, we have a little commission opportunity for them because it's a sale, so I want them to develop salesmanship so they have a commission but plus that residual income provides medical, dental, 401K, you know, PTO and all the benefits and a job that they're doing. And then for us is I get an extra 15 minutes to sleep at night knowing that the next day, if it rains, snows, sleets, hails or whatever the case may be, I don't wish I own a pizza shop. I'm okay with the, with the car wash. So it's residual for us. It's great for the team members, and it's fantastic for the consumer who can kind of come and go and now take advantage of all of our locations.
0: Man, what a good point, too. I didn't really think about you. Car washes must be the most insane cash flow businesses of all time. There could be a day where you you make, I mean, I'm going to make up a number, but you make $10,000, and then there's a day where you make 100000 Again, made up numbers, but like that discrepancy does not exist in a lot of businesses. You know what I mean? And to your point, it's not under your control. Did it rain today? Okay, no one's getting their car washed. Is it snow? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's so the subscription model. And then the other thing too, 2013, 2014, that was when I think it was really good timing, you know, whether that was on purpose or not. That's when everybody in this country bought Netflix, Hulu, eventually HBO, you know, like that. So we got so used to, okay, fine, I'll just buy it for the month, right? Like that mentality, it almost like set it and forget it type thing. That's great timing. And
1: it was definitely good timing. There was no planning on (laughs) our (laughs)
0: part. Listen, sometimes that's it. Tell us about your experience with the Scalarator program and then the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Businesses program and what those actual programs entailed how their philosophies you know, played a part in your growth. Just tell us about both of those experiences.
1: Yeah, and, and those are, you know, it's just great opportunities that we have here in Northeast Ohio for all businesses. And, I, and I'm pretty sure Taylor has taken advantage you know, of such programs. I know the Cozy and GCP, we were on the board together. That's how I got to know Taylor. And I think these opportunities are right here in our backyard. And so the Goldman Sachs is one of the first programs I did after having a couple of years of ownership. And it was, to me, it was fantastic. It allowed me to take a step back, Work on the business versus in the business. Be with like-minded peers who also want to accelerate their business, want to give back to the communities, want to be you know good stewards to one another. Provide you know reciprocity, reciprocate you know common knowledge, and it allowed a good place to go and be vulnerable, to be humble, and to help one another. And Goldman Sachs was a fantastic program to do that. Their instructors, their teachers, their, you know, their coordinators, their directors. great people who really helped. And for me, you know, having some prior business experience, some of it was reiteration or kind of like, hey, I checked that box and I can focus on other things, right? Like, yeah, I'm good here. We're good here. Oh, I'm really bad here. Oh, I really suck here or I'm okay here. And it allowed me to focus on those areas. But somebody to kind of come in and, and be humble with me and say, hey, these are good. These you need to work on. And it gave me a foundation. And then as we continued our growth plan, there was another opportunity, which is Scalarator to help larger size companies. And it was the same thing gave the good foundation, the same concept from that checklist is, okay, these are good. These I need to work on like-minded peers, and both two really good opportunities and organizations that can help entrepreneurs uh, here in northeast ohio
0: man how important is that for companies because what helped you grow from zero to again made up numbers a hundred thousand is not going to help you grow from 100 to 250 and what helped you grow from 250 to 500 500 to a million those are different things those are different tactics those are different problems right and right. what i mean amazing that you guys have that pro both of those programs to help we'll continue our interview with brian cruz after this quick break Welcome back to the Rust Belt Rundown, where we're talking with Brian Cruz. Here's another super, I would say, I'm assuming specific to you and your brand. You mentioned it in the beginning, that community impact, right? You actually have a community impact coordinator on staff. (laughs) That's not the norm, you know what I mean? And let's also set like, this is a commodity. I mean, this is a transactional relationship. I go through an automatic process. There's someone that tells me, okay, put it in neutral. I leave, right? Like this is not, (laughs) this has never been, at least in my experience, somewhere where I'm like, wow, that, you know, that car wash is doing good work in the community. How did that happen?
1: Yeah. So I often, I reference and give a lot of credit to advisors and mentors and people that have been
0: extremely
1: important in my life and have given me the time a day, you know, and, and really took me to lunch versus me taking them. And one of them was early on it was my grandfather. He was a fireman. He was an entrepreneur. I worked for him. He had concession trailer fairs and festivals. So I went around and worked, you know, 16, 18 hour days, a lot of work ethic from him, tons of fantastic things. I also learned things not to do or not to say from Grandpa Chris. But what he often said to me was, when have you paid your community rent? Hmm. And I'm 10 and 12. I'm like, yeah, Grandpa, whatever. Give me my paycheck. I'm going to go buy baseball cards or whatever. I'm going to go, you know, I got to spend this money. Yeah. But then as I got older, I I realized and he had he had referenced this, it wasn't about paying property tax and payroll tax and all those things. It was about giving back to the community because as a business, you want them. You want the community to come and support you. And if you're not reciprocating that, and paying your community rent and getting involved, then why should they come to your store? And that that started early on with us as I became a Rotarian, Strongsville where our first location was. And uh, I sit on the finance committee for the school board and I coach my son's team and so on and so forth, me personally. And as we were doing a lot of things at our company, through a number of years, we just thought it was really important as we grow not to lose focus on that. So we had one of our area managers have interest in this opportunity and we got her promoted. Her name's Tracy Parnell. And I think she's going to be slam dunk phenomenal for this opportunity as a caring, loving person. And she's done a lot of work with uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters organization. She's part of that. She's she's perfect. And she's really going to help us continue and get good traction from this, not lose focus on this, but as we continue to grow to provide good opportunities for our general managers and our leadership, because they're really good at that, right? We've hired them, we've done our due diligence, but they may not be good at, okay, well, where do I start? And Tracy's going to be there to help coordinate how we can make an impact in all of our existing communities and build on that, And any of the new ones, we recently opened up three new locations in Strongsville on the north end, Cuyahoga Falls, and in Streetsboro, where we've given over $25,000 away towards their educational foundations inside those communities. And that's just the tip of the spear. We want to get the Boy Scouts involved, you know, food banks or whatever's going to be, you know, kind of a need in those areas. I I just think it's important.
0: How do you go about opening new locations? You know, what does the process look like to say, okay, this is going to work? You know, meaning like finding the location or finding a location.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, no real secret sauce. So if anybody gets on here, you know, as far as commercial real estate agents or anybody, right, you're looking for those prime a locations. The definition of a location, I think, is a little bit different. But I think there's targeted areas that we know we want to be in that maybe there's opportunity that lie in. And then we look at on-market, off-market opportunities and really kind of define what those uh, A locations look like. And like I said, without stating the obvious, you got high traffic count, kind of dense area, you know, dense retail market, where the consumers and where kind of the action going to be. Um, but one of the things I think we separated is you just... Been very disciplined on a lot of things that we've done. We've held ourselves accountable, not to just be willy-nilly. We've got a scorecard, we've got a process, there's a procedure that we go through. It's not just, Brian thinks it's a good site, so everybody doesn't want to disagree with Brian, or, you know, Ken, my business partner, let's all agree with Ken. It is a methodical, the same process every single time. And there's been several locations that we just said, okay, no, knows the consensus, no hard feelings. We take it, throw it in the garbage, or maybe later, and we've moved on. And I think that's kind of the key to our success is that it's the same process and we're regimented with it and we've got
0: good discipline around that. Is one of the considerations when looking for a new location how close it is to a competitor? And the reason I asked that is because most of the time, if you see one gas station, you see two. And it's almost like they're competing with price, right? Okay, it's 325 there. All right, it's 322 here. I might as well just go to the 322. Right? Like, is there is that a part of the strategy at all where if this location has precedent for a car wash. Well, it probably makes sense for us to be there, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, we take that into consideration, you know, looking at competition as one of us. And, and I'll say that, you know, if it's a laser wash, okay, so like an inbay where you pull in, pay your money, boom, the little machines kind of go around the vehicle. And 10 minutes later, you get kicked out, you drive out of the other end. That's a different competitor. And I often give when I go to the different municipalities, that's the difference between an apple and an orange. They're both fruit, but you got people that will never eat an apple. and that they'll never get orange or same thing right you got so our car washes are friction based so we use foam it's a it's a product called neoglide it's safe it's anti-porous we have an excessive rust policy so we provide you know a good service quality equipment Well, there's people that have a belief or maybe a disbelief that one works better than the other and they choose a laser wash and they will never come to a friction-based car wash i i often tell those people how do you take a shower you got to have something touching your skin right you don't just stand there and let the water hit you but that's for another episode but a lot of time when we look is we look at the competition and we define what that is is it a laser wash is it a self-service car wash or if it is a tunnel car wash is it old is it distressed is it tired Or if it's a new facility, we try to be three to five miles out of any of those facilities, try to be respectful kind of of that area. So it would be 100% different than maybe the grouping technique that you see like CVS and Walgreens on the corner or Shell and then Marathon and BP across the street. Grouping works, but I don't think it works specifically for a car wash because it's more impulsive And people are selfish. People are, let me feed my stomach versus my vehicle, right? You get a lot of satisfaction when you have a caramel macchiato or a piece of pizza or a taco than you do getting my car washed. And it's not for everybody, but the majority, you're selfish going, okay, I got a massage. That's great. Eh, Yeah, the car was washed. That's cool. I'm protecting my investment. So I think when you get three Starbucks on the corner or Starbucks and you got Big B and Duncan, that's okay because of the preference and people are more apt to choose those over or like gas stations, right? It's what side of the road they're traveling that's more convenient.
0: For sure. So let's get a little technical about that production. I want to kind of drill into that because even you briefly mentioning laser versus tunnel, like, you know, I I don't know the differences. And so what... In, in layman's terms, first, like, how does your car washes work? Like, even just the most basic questions, like how much water is used? What kind of chemicals, filtration, recycling? Like, how, how does it actually function?
1: Yeah, so at all of our uh, locations, similar as I mentioned, the other analogies, like the fast pass on, on the turnpike. So we have anywhere between two to three pay stations. At the location, one of them is a dedicated members only lane. And at that lane, you pull up, the pay station's there if you need it, but the gate goes up and away you go. Fast, easy, convenient automation. And then the other lanes are used for the consumers. The good thing is, is we 100% believe in efficiency. You only have a couple of choices. We know you're coming there for a car wash. We're cashless, slide your credit card, the gate goes up and away you go, or you join the plan and use any of the lanes. As far as automation goes inside our tunnel, we use a belt on all of our new facilities, so kind of like a Henry Ford assembly line. So that way you're not guiding like the other tracks that we have, the other locations that have tracks where you get about a 20-inch area where you're guided on a, a conveyor. This is a little bit easier uh, to get in uh, and, and get out. Car wash itself, uh, all of our car washes are heated. So people often ask during the winter conditions. So we have uh, uh, Paloma heaters that heat our uh, the water up. We also have water softeners that control the hardness of the water. So I'm getting a little technical here. And then we have two 50,000 BTU heaters uh, or heating elements inside all of our car washes that provide a heated service. And then we've got wind doors on each end that open and close to keep the wind and the heat inside the building. I mentioned earlier that the equipment itself is neoglide. It's safe, it's anti-porous, it's a real safe, it's like a foam based material and anyone can stop at any location and kind of feel, we can grab one off the material and you can feel it. And then the back room, we probably do about maybe 20 to 30% of our water is reclaimed through our RO system. And it's only certain parts of the car wash that we're using like the tire shine that goes on the vehicle it's automated on we call it online like we don't collect that area because that's a different separator and it gets sent off somewhere else but we reclaim some of that water and then the water that we don't use is put into like reject tanks we call it and we can use that to water you know around the uh, spray down windows or doors or kind of hose out in the evening so none of that's wasted and then all of our soap that we use are environmentally friendly and once again I'm not going to bore you with the details, but it's pretty high tech and high speed in that background.
0: Love it. All right. So here's the chance. Here's your your uh, sales pitch. Why should someone in Northeast Ohio go to your car wash instead of your competitors?
1: You know, I think if they if they value someone who's doing good in the community and they value good team, team members with enthusiastic nature, you know, providing good customer service, then 100%, you know, come visit us. And we're, we're more than just a car wash, I often say, where we're gonna greet you with a smile, we're gonna greet you with a handshake, we're gonna greet you with a wave. And if something comes up, we're realistic individuals that are gonna work through the process and, and get you where you need to be on a customer service level. And we 100% know through candor that we cannot make everybody happy. And if it's better that somebody goes somewhere else, then by all means, we'll let them go. And we want just the same amount of respect that we give our consumers, is the same amount of respect back. And I think if it's a great opportunity for someone to visit us and try us out.
0: It feels simple, right? Like think about the things you're saying. Okay, smile, say hello, shake your hand, have a great customer service. It seems simple. It's not. Yeah. Right? No. Um, And actually, I would say it is simple. It's not easy to do right? That's a simple solution, but it is not easy to execute. But in order to differentiate the tunnel, to me, right, to the consumer, the tunnel is the tunnel. And so what can you change? It's the experience, right? It is the automation, the technology, the environmental friendly, the person who helped you, you know what I mean? So like, it's just so smart that that's the approach you took, because that's what you can Control. You hit
1: the nail on the head. A general consumer and me in 2012 had zero clue the definition between any of those car washes. It's how I was felt and how I was taken care of. And we often say everyone is a consumer somewhere, right? You're going to a quick serve restaurant or a sit down diner. Think of what you receive, and you'll have those memorable experiences by going, you know what? I just went to fill in the blank. And man, that waitress was so nice and the hostess was awesome. And you know what? They they messed up on my steak, but they corrected it. And that was good. I'm going to come back. And that's the same thing we talk day in and day out. If there's an issue, we correct it, but make a good, fun, memorable experience because we can go to, and I'm going to pick on Taco Bell. Like If my kids are listening, they know I dislike Taco Bell because the one in Strong's, well, every time we go, it is a hot mess. There's always issues. But yet the consumer expects it, but then we still give Taco Bell their money.
0: Yep. I think the bar, the bar is so low. <laughs> it's
1: so low, but yet if a, a general small business makes a mistake, they get on social media and bash the heck out of it. and I'm never coming again, but it's like, hey, give me the benefit of the doubt. And I often think you see those experiences not at our place. Now that we've known what bad service is, people are going to be heightened they're going to be heightened and hyper aware of what's going on. And now that we've got our bar set at a bigger or better level of customer service, now we're even better, we're even more under the microscope. So we need to be more waving and smiling and shaking hands. And I think people want to be part of organizations like that. So when you talk about team members, they want to provide goodwill for others, right? They want to smile and make people's day And finding somebody like that and having them work around other people that have the same mentality that helps with retention and helps the process.
0: Yep. hundred percent. Okay. Last question. And we'll get you out of here. When you're going from, you know, location to location, you mentioned Taco Bell. I know that's not going to be your answer, but I'm sure you have uh, a ton of different lunch spots that you frequent or dinner spots. What are your go-to recommendations? Your go-to restaurants could be any of the areas that you're in. But uh, yeah. what, what are your, what are your recommendations for the people? Now, if my
1: wife was on here, she'd immediately jump in and answer because I am a gas station junkie. Wow. I don't care what gas station it is. I gotta, I don't are know. You from, are the, you
0: from, are you from Philadelphia? <laughs> I was going to say, are you a big Wawa guy like that? They are no. South, so, uh, South Jersey and Philly. They swear yeah. by gas station hoagies, I believe they call them. <laughs> yeah.
1: I just, I don't know. Like when I'm driving around and I, you know, we have locations everywhere and I'm, I'm out actively looking, you know, for our other locations. I just not that I pass, you know, every gas station I pass, I gotta stop, but I love Sheets. I think Sheets has got it right. They make it more than a gas station. They provide, hey, you're driving, you know, whether it's a 10-minute jog, yeah, we got gas, we got this, but they provide the things that you're looking. It's a quick, short meal. It's cooked fresh in a sense. And I think sheets would be my go-to spot.
0: Color me shocked. I did not see that one coming. It makes sense. Yeah. But I did not see that one coming. First gas station recommendation. We've asked that question to about 48 (laughs) people. First gas station recommendation. Family's listening. Get me a gift card or something. Yeah, seriously. And they're open. I think they're opening a ton more down here in Columbus. But um, (laughs) where can everybody find you? Like social media, website, if they're looking for locations, where can everybody find you? Yeah, our website is uh, Sergeant
1: Clean. So SGTclean.com. So the abbreviation for Sergeant. And then
0: all of our social media,
1: we're on Facebook, we're on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and all those can be, can be found through sergeantclean.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Brian. We appreciate it. Next time I'm in Cleveland, I'm sure Taylor will take me through again. Heck yeah. But good, thanks for your time, thanks Yeah, for, thanks Brian. for coming on. Good luck this year, and we'll talk with you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Rust Belt Rundown. Make sure you check us out at rustbeltrecruiting.com. The Rust Belt Rundown is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to hit that subscribe button and click on five stars if you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.